We are making our way through the book of Luke. If you're new to us here at Darby Creek, we've been going through the book of Luke for a while now, and uh, we're at um, a a passage here today which is probably familiar to a lot of people, Um, Jesus feeding the 5,000, and uh, just just an amazing, amazing passage. So um, let's go to the Lord in prayer right now, and let's ask for his help as we get into his word. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to be able to be here in your presence. We're so thankful that um, just that you, um, you provided a way for us to have a relationship with you, Father, through Jesus Christ, by his uh, amazing act of love on the cross and uh, his subsequent resurrection. And uh, we do look forward to his return. And uh, we, we do... Uh, we want to set our heart on you, Lord, this morning, like we just were singing about, and we want to lift up our our family and friends and church family that who are struggling this morning, uh, struggling maybe physically in need of your healing touch. God, we just pray that you would grant them that gift of healing and uh, strengthening them, giving them endurance, and uh, putting their hope in you, Lord. And so, Lord, we also just pray for us as we're uh, about to hear your word, Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would, would fill us, would strengthen us, would uh, we, we would be attentive to what you have to say. And uh, Father, I also pray that you'd fill me with your spirit and uh, that I'd be able to communicate this in a way that's glorifying to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so uh, if you're, this is a tradition of ours, uh, it's a way that we honor God and His Word. So if you're able to stand, would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? And I'll read the passage this morning, and, and you just listen. Uh, it's Luke chapter 9, verses 10 to 17. Here's the word. On their return, the apostles told him all that they had done, and he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. When the crowds learned it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had a need of healing. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And they did so and had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. And then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied, and what was left over was picked up, twelve baskets of broken pieces. This is the word of the Lord. Please have a seat. Depending on Jesus, that's what we're talking about today, and that's what we see in this passage here, depending on Jesus. And I don't know what your situation is that you are in, where you are, maybe the Lord has you in a situation where you're thrust into depending upon Him for something, 
And, and honestly, um, regardless of whether it's a crisis or not, we all need to depend on Jesus for sure. But it seems like we notice it more in a crisis, right? And um, so there are several things as we look through this passage here I, I want to mention. And, uh, and that is just, of course, you know, the setting is these, the disciples, as you recall, they have, um, they have been out uh, on a mission trip, as we called it, and where the Lord had sent them out um, to preach the kingdom and to um, uh, heal the sick. And Jesus imparted to them that power to do it. And so uh, just uh, an amazing experience. And uh, they're coming back, and they're now looking to get some R&R. Right? So they're looking to get a little rest, and Jesus says, let's go away. And... Um, and certainly since all that Jesus had been doing uh, was making the rounds and everybody hearing about what's happening, and of course, uh, they're all just following him. And, and so here they are, not able to get their R&R. But the neat thing is, and I was just looking this up, you know, there's parallel passages in the other Gospels. In Matthew, uh, Matthew 14, in the parallel passage to this, uh, Matthew 14, 14, it says, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and had compassion on them and healed the sick. And um, the thing that just struck me is this, I mean, maybe it's obvious just that, you know, the Lord just looks and, and he sees people and he has compassion on them. He, he, he knows they have needs. And, um, and so it's his compassion that, uh, that he has on the people that doesn't just send them away that he continues to minister in spite of all uh, probably the disciples needing a break. Uh, and so they, they are, they're there experiencing uh, the compassion of Jesus. And so before we actually get to break down the text a little bit more, I just want to say to you, I don't know what your ideas of Jesus are. I don't know what your background is regarding your experience with Jesus. Uh, or God, but I want to let you know, if you haven't known this, is that uh, God loves you. Uh, and uh, there are some scriptures I wanted to read this morning, just in, in starting off here, as we see the compassion of Jesus uh, in First John chapter 4, as we talk about the love of God here just for a minute. In First John chapter 4, it says in verses 9 and 10, in this is the love of God excuse me, in this the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. So Jesus Christ, uh, God come in the flesh, and we've talked about this before, he's the God-man, fully God, fully man, and it's a mystery. But he is, uh, God has, has demonstrated his love for us by sending us Jesus. And so God loves you, and how do we know that? He loves you personally, is that he sent his son, Jesus. And then in verse 10 of 1 John 4, it says, In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And um, that propitiation is kind of a, a satisfaction of God's anger and wrath for our for our sins. And so, if you've ever wondered if God loves you, then you 
You just have to look to Jesus and see what he did in dying on that cross for us, for our sins. And God showed his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, as it says in the book of Romans, he, he, Christ died for us. So, so, again, don't know what your background is, don't know what um, your experiences with Jesus, but know this, Jesus Christ loves you. He demonstrated that, and uh, he wants you to have a personal relationship with him. So, as we, as we see this Jesus that loves us so much here in this passage, um, and this miracle that occurs, and yes, it is a miracle, I just want to say this, I mean, this should be obvious, okay, that this is a miracle. But many have tried to say this is not. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Believe me. Uh, yeah. Um, it's uh, so, exa- for, for example, I'll just give you I don't, this, some of the stuff I just can't believe. But, um, but I think if you don't want to believe it, you'll find a way. Okay. So one, one uh, uh, interpretation of this, which would not be, I call it an interpretation, but... Um, they would say is that, well, what happened there was as the disciples were sharing uh, this boy's lunch, when, you know, in John chapter 6, you learn it's a, it's a boy's lunch that they had there that they shared, and he offered it up. Um, the other people were inspired by the sharing, and so they shared the lunches they brought. Okay, I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, it doesn't say anything like that in the Bible, but that's, that's what some people say was the real miracle there was the sharing. Okay, um, and then another one was that Jesus hypnotized the crowd, <laughs> you know. And so, so I'm just saying that, you know, you know, and and it is. Uh, make no mistake, the enemy is the deceiver here. Okay, okay, and so, um, but but Jesus is doing a miracle. He's been doing miracles all through, uh, as we've been reading uh, this. You know, you know, in its essence, the Gospels are. Um, the biography of Jesus and his life and his works and everything and is the word of God. But it's a miracle that's occurring here. And once again, again, just this along with the other ones, he's raised people from the dead as we've seen here. Uh, he's healed diseases. Um, he has delivered people from uh, the domain of darkness and the demonic forces. And, and you know, and of course, uh, so we, we just see this is just another um, testimony, if you will, that Jesus is the Son of God. He is the one that God has sent. And this is another miracle that he has done. And it just shows it. It just shows it. You know? And so, so I, just, I just didn't want to go by without saying that, knowing that there's all kinds of stories made up out there to try to explain it away. But you have to go with what is written, okay? Not what you think should be written or what you're wrestling with understanding how God could do this. But let's just face it, you know, if God, by definition, God can do anything, right? He can do anything. Um, By a word, he spoke the world into existence, it says. He created out of nothing, right? So if he can do that, he can certainly multiply some bread and fish. That's a no-brainer for God, okay? So 
Now, the second thing just to mention here is that, uh, and this is probably our biggest um, component of this passage, is just that um, we must rely on Jesus as we minister to others in Jesus' name. And this really is a lesson for the disciples. In many of the other miracles and, 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 and things that Jesus does, uh, the gospel writers seem to key in on the crowd's response. Wonder or something, right? Or just awe. But here, they're keying in on the disciples' response. And so I think that tells us this is a lesson for the disciples. Certainly, he's meeting a physical need. Those people did need to eat. No question about it. Um, and, uh, but, but this is a lesson for the disciples. And, uh, you know, as he, you know, the disciples come to him with a problem. I find this fascinating. They just, they just tell him what they need to do. You know, send these people away, Jesus, you know. You get the guys a week out on their own, and now they think they know how to do everything. You know, now send them away. We've done the math. It doesn't work. Okay? And, um, and, and this is, and, but Jesus says, no, you give them something to eat. Uh, and then they say, you know, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we're to go and buy food for all these people. Of course, it says they're in a desolate place, and kind of, you know, they're probably in Fletcher, Ohio, my hometown. It's kind of a <laughs> desolate place. I mean, nobody lives out there. It's So, you know, it's not like you can go to Walmart and buy or whatever, to your favorite grocery store. And, 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 and first of all, you got to have the money to buy for 5,000. This is 5,000 men, right? And so this is really 5,000 households, right? So at least take a factor of three. It's probably fifteen to 20,000 people, uh, most likely, okay? Um, and so, uh, but, but it seems like Jesus is using this ministry problem uh, to prepare his disciples to minister to others in his absence, because we know what's coming, right? Uh, they don't know what's coming yet. We know what's coming because we know the rest of the story, right? Jesus is going to go to the cross, and he will be crucified and risen, and then he will ascend to go with, to be with God the Father, and and then we're awaiting now his return. But but he's preparing them so that they can rely on him, which is what they're going to need to do when he's gone. So, you know, as followers of Jesus, we too, like those disciples, you know, we can try to do ministry in our own power and by simply relying on our own ability to work things out. Nothing wrong with using our brains. God gave them to us. We should try to solve problems that we encounter in our walk with God and in our, as a church as we try to do a ministry in his name. But, you know, sometimes God's kind of calls us to do things that don't compute, that we don't see how it's going to happen, how it's going to work out. When Jesus, you know, he's telling them to do something and they're saying, we don't see how we can do it. You know, and you can just imagine, you know, as they're over, here talking and strategizing and trying to figure out how are we going to do this? And Jesus is just standing there, you know, I'm here. 
I'm the biggest resource you got. You're not using me. You're not even asking me to help you. We laugh at it, but we'd be the same. Probably. You know, I mean, I, it is funny, though. I mean, you think about it. But, but it, it, that is it, is that um, God is calling them. Jesus is calling them to rely on him. And he wants them to see that he is the one that can supply what they need to do uh, what he's calling them to do. And so um, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 just reminds me of this situation. Like when you find yourself in a situation that mentally doesn't add up or you just don't know how this could possibly work out. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. You know, they, this is a situation where, you know, they were trying to lean on their own understanding. And again, nothing wrong with using our brains. God gave them to us. We should. But there are things that God will call us to do that don't make sense, uh, to especially many to others around us. Um, but but it's nonetheless God calling us to do so. Uh, but what it says in verse 6, Proverbs 3, in all your ways acknowledge him. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. I just think that's um, really connects with what we're talking about. In all your ways acknowledge him. That's what he's trying to get them to do. You know, acknowledge me. As you go through your day, you rely on me as you go through your day and as, as you have opportunities to serve and love on and, 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 and give witness to me, to others. Rely on me. Rely on me. And we, you know, we cannot forget the Lord's faithfulness to us. You know, what just happened with these people? The, the, the 12, they had just experienced all kinds of amazing uh, God working through them, right? Uh, the, the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom and the, and the healing of the sick as they did when they were out and about as he, they went on that mission trip. They had just gotten back from that and debriefing with him. And it just kind of shows in our humanity how quick it is to forget in a crisis, right? Easy to forget, but may the Lord grant us the grace to remember, right? We, uh, we need to remember his faithfulness in the past, just like the disciples needed to remember how he had just used them. But he, they knew it was God doing it. They, would, they knew it was Jesus who had imparted to them the power and authority that they had. And so we need to remember the same thing as the Lord um, calls us, we know, to be witnesses, um, to, 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 to preach, in a sense, the gospel of the kingdom wherever we go. That there is a king, and he has come, right? And, and his name is Jesus, and he wants you to be a part of his kingdom, and he wants you to be uh, ready when he comes back, and... We need to let people know that's that's worth living for. That's worth living for. Knowing Jesus and and living the life He calls us to live. Now, 
I just want to remind us in this that um, God has chosen us Christians to do the work of ministry to those around us. Okay. Um, in other words, the church is plan A, there is no plan B. Okay. The church is God's vehicle. He wants to, he has chosen the church of Jesus Christ to, to be the vehicle in which the gospel goes out and the ministry is done. Okay. And we have to remember that. You know, think back to this miracle here. In verse 15, it says, And taking the five loaves and the two fish, uh, speaking of Jesus, he looked up to heaven and, and said a blessing over them. It says, Then he broke the loaves and he gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. So here Jesus is, and here's the. T- the disciples, and Jesus is breaking the bread. He's giving it to them, and then they're giving it to the people. And my understanding of the tense of this verb is it's an ongoing thing. He keeps breaking, he keeps giving, but they are the agents through which this ministry is being done. Although behind it, all is Jesus. You see what I'm saying? This is what God has called the church to be. We are the ministers. We, we, you know, everyone is a minister if you're a Christian, okay? You may not be, it may not be your vocation, but we are, we're agents of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are, we're to be his ministers, and he wants to work through us to do um, what he's wanting to accomplish. He wants to reach people. He wants to love on people. He wants to heal people. He wants to um, bless them. I mean, so we are to be, and you've heard this probably before, in the hands and feet of Jesus, right? Um, Now, in the Gospel of John, uh, just along with this this theme here that, you know, as, as, as these disciples here, Jesus worked through them. Jesus was doing the miracle, but he worked through them, right? And and so he wants to work through us. Uh, In John chapter 17, in Jesus' prayer, known as his high priestly prayer, John 17, starting in verse 20, and this is Jesus praying. He says, I do not ask for these only. In other words, not just the, the disciples who were with him at that time. That I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us. And all the other believers throughout since that time. Jesus was praying for you (laughs) and I before we ever believed. But he's praying this. He says, that they may all be one, just as you are, Father, are, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me 
and loved them even as you loved me. And so he's praying that that the church would be united, right? And he's saying, because that will have an impact on the gospel. They'll have an impact on others believing. And so so just, just realize this, that you know, if you're a Christian, you put your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, you are, he's relying on you. His desire is to use you um, for his glory to have an impact on the people that he has put around you. And we know in the book of Acts that it does say that God has set the times and the places where people will live. And that means he has set the time and the place where you will live. And he knows the people that will live around you. And he knows the children that you'll have. If you have children, he'll know the the nieces and nephews you will have. He knows the grandchildren you will have. If you have grandchildren, he knows and he has you there to be his His person on the ground. That's what he wants. And so, please don't forget that. That is that is um, that is what he has called all believers to be, and be available to be used by God. Now, the last thing to mention here is uh, is this. Jesus provides an abundance of whatever is needed. And as we see in the passage here in verse 17 of Luke 9, they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces. Um, more than enough. Uh, they, they thought, well, there's no way, Jesus. There's no way we can do this. Yes, yes, there is. If you rely on me, there's more than enough to, Jesus will supply us with more than enough to do what he calls us to do. Right? So if you, you, you find yourself in a situation with a family member and you have a ministry opportunity or maybe it seems like an impossible situation, there's no way... <laughs> There's no way God's going to work this out. There's no way he's going to heal these relationships. There's no way he's going to transform this person. There's no way they're going to believe. And just just remember this. Just remember this. Right? And, And don't forget that we serve a God who inspired his servants to write Hebrews, Hebrews, Ephesians, chapter three, Ephesians three twenty. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So, you know, you take that situation, that ministry opportunity, that ministry problem that you find yourself in, and you wanted to be used by God, and you don't know how God could work this out or solve that problem. 
or fix that situation or fix that person, if you will. And you got to realize we serve the God who can do abundantly more than we ask or think. I can think of some pretty wild things being able to be done. But he says even more than that. Even more than that. We serve the God of Daniel. Okay? Saved from the lion's den. All right? We, we, I mean, you just think, we serve the God who little David beat big Goliath. That was impossible. But God's like, that's not a problem for me. And so it just gives us so much hope knowing that the Lord, as, um, as we make ourselves available, uh, he's able to do whatever he wants to do. And we just need to rely on him. We need to, you know, one of the ways, you know, obviously that shows reliance is prayer. Prayer shows we're relying on God. Uh, our, our desperation in prayer and our continuing to approach God in prayer on, for, on behalf of people that we're also willing to open our mouths to and to minister to and to say truth to in a loving way. But we can't change hearts. Right? There's no, there was nobody that, can change, that could have changed my heart to, to know Christ. But God can. Right? And He's going with us wherever we go. Um, on the, on this uh, truth about that Jesus provides an abundance for whatever is needed, and just don't forget that, okay? Because all of our situations are unique. Our, our all of our family situations are unique. All of our work situations are unique. Um, but but just know this: that whatever the Lord has you in, He will provide for you what you need. Okay, abundantly. Abundantly. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, one of my favorite verses, it says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. See, the good works that God has planned for us, as it says in Ephesians 2.10, that He's laid out before us in our lives. We may feel the burden of those and maybe see impossibility. And God says, but that's not a problem because my grace will abound to you in those areas that I've called you to. And that should encourage us that God's able to make grace, all grace abound to us. His grace is sufficient for us. It's all sufficient in all situations at all times. You find promises like that, you've got to hang on to those. And so, depending on Jesus, I, I just want to end by saying two things, really. One is, uh, for anyone who is, has not put their faith in Jesus, let me just say to you, Jesus is all you need. Jesus is all you need. 
when it comes to being healed from your sin and your brokenness. And if any of us has spent any time in this world, we realize we're broken. We're broken people. We have sin in our lives, and that sin acts out and causes all kinds of havoc in people around us and in our own lives. Brokenness. Jesus wants you to come to him as you are. He doesn't want you to wait to get things fixed up good enough to come to him because, frankly, that can't happen. He wants you to come to him, bring your brokenness to him, bring your sin to him, and just cry out to him. And let him satisfy the deepest longings you have because everything that we've gone after before it's Christ, we're looking to satisfy that which only Christ can truly satisfy. And so he satisfies our deepest longings. There's no other drug or person can do. Let him take your sin, receive the forgiveness that only, only he can offer. You know, like I said, you know, you can't, you know, I don't know what you're waiting for if you haven't put your faith in Christ, but but he's he loves you. And like I said in the beginning, he has demonstrated that love. And he wants you to just come to him. He wants you to come to him and put your faith in him, even not knowing all that that's going to mean in the future, but just that you know that Jesus is the Christ the Son of the living God who died on the cross for you, for your sin, so that you could be rightly related to God and have a relationship with Him. And so, so this morning, I, I just encourage you that, you know, if you've not, if you've not, if you're not depending on Jesus to save you and to help you and heal you, then, then you need to. You need to. Acts 4.12 says this, It says this about Jesus, Acts 4.12, and there is salvation in no one else. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It's Jesus. That's it, okay? And then, for those who are already believers, and I, I just want to ask, you know, do you feel ineffective in ministry, in, in ministering to others? Are you overwhelmed like maybe the disciples were, right? As you look out on the broken world, it can look so overwhelming. And you mean like, like what, what am I supposed to do with that? How am I supposed to help that? All that's going on. Well, just like the disciples, like Jesus was trying to teach the disciples. He's like, you know, rely on me. Rely on me. It doesn't matter what those problems are that, 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 that the people have to whom you're ministering to, the Lord Jesus can handle them all. And he wants to use you as, an, as his ambassador, as the Bible says. And, uh, but you don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to know how to fix it all. You just have to be available to be used and look to Jesus to supply you with the power to do it. 
look to Jesus to supply us with the compassion we need. The compassion that we need to preach the kingdom and to minister to those needs around us. We have to rely on Jesus to do that. We have to depend on him. And before we pray, just one last verse. 2 Peter 1.3, a wonderful promise for believers in Jesus. It says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. So we've got everything we need to live out the life He's called us to. He's given us His Spirit. We've got our orders, if you will. Now we just need to rely on God. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we come to You this morning and uh, thank You so much for teaching us through your disciples. And um, this lesson of depending on you to minister to other people, we know there's, there's nothing we can do in our own power that's going to have any kind of spiritual effect. So Lord, we ask and pray well, first of all, I want to just confess, we want to confess to you if we've been relying on ourselves to do your work. So Lord, we want to confess that in any measure that we've been relying on ourselves, in our own ingenuity, our own creativity. And we know you use those things. We know you use our thoughts. We know you use our minds. We know you use our creativity. But we don't want to rely on those things in of themselves when it comes to ministering to others. And Lord, we just pray that you would, we, we want to rely on you. We want to, we cry out to you now, Lord. We, we want to, in all the places that we live, in all the places that we work, and all the, the people in our family, Lord, that don't know you, Lord, help us to be a light and to be a mouthpiece. And Lord, help us to, um, to with compassion look upon them, not with judgment, but with compassion, and to be able to, to compassionately tell the truth. And Lord, help us to um, preach the kingdom and invite people into the kingdom of God by putting their faith in Jesus and, uh, and, and allowing them to, to let Jesus transform their lives. Lord, thank you that you've given us, as it says, your divine power. And so, Lord, help us not to forget that. Help us to not forget your faithfulness in the past. But to let that bolster our faith as we look ahead to the future, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.